What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do. I'm Conroy Smith, and I got my main man, Tony, here with me. Tony, say what's up to the people, man. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're excited for another episode. Yes. Hey, we have, first of all, we've had some fire episodes. Um, and this one is definitely not going to disappoint. Um, we have a special guest, Carlin Isles, on the, on the podcast today. Um, so before we even jump in, hey, make sure you like, um, subscribe, maybe even share this, give us a comment, let us know some other things you want us to talk about. Um, without further ado, let's jump into this, man. Let's get it. What's going on, people? Hey, we have a special guest today. Um, this man is 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 the real deal, people. He's the real deal. Um, but before we jump in again, hey, go ahead and like and comment, share this with somebody because this is going to be a crazy awesome story. Um, we got Carlin Isles in the house. His uh, resume, you know, is 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 pretty pretty impressive. You know, he's a two time Olympian for USA Rugby fastest man in rugby um red bull athlete social media icon you know if you if you don't if you don't know follow his social media and he is a father carlin thanks for hopping on how we feeling today i'm feeling good feeling blessed so you know i'm glad to be here with you two lovely gentlemen of course the one and only conroy so (laughs) i appreciate this it's a blessing and uh, y'all got a good thing going on so yes Thank you. Hey, again, we are appreciative of you and uh, taking time out of your your busy schedule to to hop on with us. Um, so we're just gonna hop in straight to some some questions. Again, this is authentically us. So be exactly that. Um, the first question I want to ask, you know, you you're fast, like yeah. you're real <laughs> fast, you know? and and I'm fast too. But like, yeah. I, I've seen I've seen you in person. What made you choose rugby? What made me choose rugby was the fact that, you know, at 2012, I was looking at the Olympic trials and I was probably running elite at that level for maybe a year and a half. And my best bet would have been 2016. And if you're not, you know, if you're not Usain Bolt, nobody really knows about you. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, man, I was probably had like $500 in my name. And I'm like, man, I really want to inspire people, tell people my story. And, I, you know, I wanted to be able to financially support myself. But I also wanted to inspire and touch people and show them that, like, listen, you can do anything you put your mind to if you work for it, you know. Um, and so, you know, I started, I was, you know, on YouTube, watching a bunch of videos like I always do, studying biomechanics, when rugby popped up. And then all this idea kind of just... Went into my mind, like, man, what if I became the fastest rugby player in the world? What if I made the 2016 Olympics? Um, what if I inspired me, millions of people around the world? I'm sure that you can do anything you put your mind to. Um, and those were kind of like, those were the thoughts in the back of my mind when I saw rugby. And I was like, I can still use my gift, um, which is running fast. I knew I was tenacious, so I could bring that to it. And I played football growing up. So I'm like, man, and I can be, and I can be, um, well known in the sport, I became the, I could be the world's fastest rugby player, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, with that, you know, it comes a lot. So <laughs> I had this picture um, in my mind, and yeah, I, I worked for it, and it came, it came all came true. That's wild. 
you know, I, I honestly, my story obviously didn't go as far as yours, but it was very similar in the fact that um, I came out of college in 2014 and I was trying to make Rio for track. And then like, like, you know, like you have to run a certain, you have to run a certain speed, like a certain time. And I'm half Jamaican, so it was a lose-lose. So it was like, I couldn't do Jamaica, I couldn't do U.S. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? What is my best bet? And I, same thing. I was watching biomechanics, love watching, you know, running form and stuff. And then your highlights actually popped up. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do that. And then, <laughs> you know, made that switch. Um, but you you talked about inspiring people. Like, what where that drive come about, you know, wanting to inspire people because if we look at the sport of track and field and rugby um there's not a lot of you know financial uh blessings in that sport as opposed to like football or uh baseball or nba so like where'd that inspiration um come from i think the inspiration um came from was i think for me trying to show you know how real god is um, because mm-hmm. i think for me I'm a witness of his work and I really felt like there's a lot of people who maybe was in my shoes or trying to find a way, um, but also realizing that you don't have to be successful at, you know, quote unquote, the, the American favorite sports, football, basketball, baseball. There's another, it's a different avenue you can take. And I really wanted to show people that I never played this sport. When I'm 22 years old. And I'm going into the sport, not knowing anything, but I'm taking a chance and I'm having some courage to do something I'm not comfortable with. And I'm taking a, and I'm taking a chance um, with uncertainty. And a lot of people don't like uncertainty. So here I am about to up and move everything that I know and fighting for and dreamed of, which was for me, I'm two weeks from Olympic trials. And I left all of that to go pursue a sport with, I was, I probably drove up to Colorado with $500 in my name, $250 um, of gas took to get there. I'm sleeping on couches, eating peanut butter and, um, peanut butter and jelly and ravioli for like a month. And I'm like, oh, I got to make it. Yeah. And wow. my thing was, if I didn't make it, I was screwed. So for me, it was just like, it was the journey, but it was the point of one, uncertainty, two, I had a vision and I was going to make people see what I saw because they didn't see what I saw. Mm-hmm. And three, God put something in my heart. And I knew that if he put it there, there was, he put it there for a reason. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you come from, no matter what your circumstances are, it's meant to happen. And I solely believe that. And fourth, I realized that I kept it real. I wasn't going to make the 2012 Olympics in track and field. So most people will keep fighting for something that God can almost, or your path is different. So realizing that, hey, I'm not going to be that top dog. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to still use my gift and my abilities to be able to inspire people, but also if it's God's will to be, for me to be able to use my gift still. So looking at all those things and taking myself out of the picture, I wanted to be able to give people those tool sets and realize that there's many ways to be able to accomplish and do something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you talked a lot about your journey and, you know, how, how your road 
into rugby was definitely uh foundation like founded on your faith in the Lord and like that's amazing in a testament to the power of God when when we get a vision and just go after for it. Go after it. But talk to us about what was your greatest experience in rugby thus far? Greatest experience. Oh man. You know, I think a lot of people would say probably traveling the world, you know. But I guess for me, I would say the growth. Mm. The things that you learn um, that you can apply outside of the sport, communication, learning yourself, uh, and fighting through um, life battles, you know. Um, I think because those things that you endure doing a, the sport of rugby goes forever. You know, there's little moments that you cherish and you love, like traveling the world and seeing beautiful sights, but I think those for me are growth things that stuck with me and I can apply to my day-to-day life now and even just communicating um, and knowing myself and realizing that there's some things that I endured while playing the sport that I conquered and I've learned and I, I tested myself. You know, I, I went, I, yeah, I tested myself. So this sport, it's, it's a beautiful sport, man. It's, mm-hmm. It really is. And you can learn a lot from it if you are in tune with it. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Um, you're speaking about traveling the world and that's the beauty about rugby is like you, you oh, do get to travel the world. Um, where's your like favorite place you've traveled for rugby? Man, I will say, I, I don't know why, but I'm always, I'll say London. I just like London. Wow. Bro. Yes. And huh. I've been to, you know, Dubai, South Africa, and I like Hong Kong. I ain't gonna lie. I do like Hong Kong, mm-hmm. but I like London. I just like it. Uh, I just like it, man. That's wild. I, you know, when I ask, like, I talk to people, like, you know, from other countries, and I don't know if anybody has ever said London. Yeah. Me, that's <laughs> my dog. Oh my god, I like the architecture. I like the city. Like the city is sweet. Like it's, it's almost like New York a little bit. Yeah. Um, you go down there, these tall buildings. Um, and it's just a lot going on, you know, mm-hmm. and I just like, I like their accents. I like um, the history. I just, it just, it's so much. It's like that because it, it's, it's way different from, I would say the U.S., especially mm-hmm. when it comes to architecture. So seeing those things and like the culture of it is, it's embracing to me. I just like it. It's sweet. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um I did want to kind of touch back. You, 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 you mentioned it a little bit ago, just kind of about your, um, your determination. Where does that drive and determination come from? Because, you know, I've, I've trained with you and I've seen that you can push yourself when your mind is made up on something like further than any other person I've ever seen before. So where does that come from? Boy, you you are not lying about that. Um, <laughs> once I put my mind, woo, it's, yeah. it's no. Um, it came from when I was younger. Um, when I found out that I had a gift and I knew what I didn't want to be and I knew what I wanted to be. 
And I remember like, I struggled when I was younger, like reading, writing. Um, I struggled in school when I was younger because I was, I grew up in a foster care system. So when God showed me a lot and when I found out I was fast, I remember I was eight years old and my dad was like, you know, was running these laps and my dad said, if you're the fastest, don't ever let nobody beat you. And from that point on, I, and a little bit earlier than that, I used to just run hills. I wake up early, like running in the snow and I just work out. And I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be somebody. I knew what I didn't want to be and I knew who I wanted to be. And I instilled little, I instilled principles and virus into myself early on that it paid off when I got older, that was second nature. Because I used to wake up like at five o'clock in the morning and run heels, chase the school bus. I didn't go to school dances. I didn't go to prom. All I did was work out because I was, the fear drove me um, to, 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 to work out hard. Like I did everything possible to be the best that I can be because I knew that my path was different from everybody else. So younger, that young, the, the, the younger me was fearful of being a nobody. Mm. wow that's wild because that will push you to do to do oh, great things you know oh yeah especially to go from you know a situation to wanting to wanting so bad something different than what you grew up in it's yeah. like i don't really care how i get there but i know i'm not going to be where i started yeah and that and that that sounds like where your mindset just shifted to, you know, the fact that you didn't go on any high school dances or anything like that, like you were different at a young age. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I was so determined. I was, when I tell you, you right. Cause once I put my mind to something, boy, I am 110. Like nobody can tell me nothing. I'm accomplishing and I'm conquering. I'm gonna do what I said. And I also understand on the flip side of that, the, the outcome, the risk, if I don't do it, I'm scared of that. So mm. the, the the alternative of, you know, if I don't work out this day, what's, what's going to happen? Somebody else working harder than me or whatever the thing that my belief system is, um, it's going to drive me to, you know, stay on that, 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 um, that path. You know, speaking of this is, this is before, before we transition, um, <laughs> there was this one time in training and this is when I knew, you were a problem. So I was, <laughs> I was, a, I was on the opposite side of you and you're the, first of all, you're the fastest person I've, I've ever seen in person go from zero to 60. Like I've never seen somebody accelerate in person as fast as you, but I remember we had some fast guys, you know, we had you, we had Perry, we had me, we had Maka. And I'm pretty sure I was at wing. Maka was maybe inside of me. And I remember you going around me, and then somehow me and Perry were in the same team. Perry came over top and you guessed all three of us and, and scored it. I was like, don't ever do that again. You said, I was scared. <laughs> Y'all had me scared. That's why I was running so fast. Bruh. <laughs> I was just like, did he really just do that? And I was hey. like, all right, I know he's fast, but like. Y'all, hey, y'all had me, y'all had me on my stuff. That's why I couldn't slack. Because I said, you jokers fast, especially, no, your, your, your tail is fast. And I said, no, yeah. I got to go. 
because I, I know your top end is good too. And I yeah. said, I gotta hit this thing and keep stepping. Wow. <laughs> so right. that y'all, y'all, y'all had y'all had y'all made me run that. Well, <laughs> I would never, uh-huh. I would, I would never forget that to this day. People are like, is Colin really that fast? Yes, he is. <laughs> Perry was on an angle. That yeah. and that's what got me. Cause I was like, I'm, I might've been out of position. I was new to the game. I was like, yeah. maybe a year in, I might've been out of position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you, when you took it to another gear, I was just like, he didn't have to do that. This is just training. This is, <laughs> this is training. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Boy, you got me missing it. What? <laughs> you make me oh, right now. <laughs> oh man. I want to see this in person now. Man, Y'all got me hyped. <laughs> right. We were, we uh, were, that was a fast team. Fast is crap. Fast is crap. So, so Colin, um, does that fear of being a nobody still drive you to this day? Oh, man. You know, I think with anything, you know, drive, you know, fear. I mean, drive is like, um, it's like a finite budget. Sometimes it runs out. It's going to run out. I think for me, you get to a point where you transition or you've done things and you realize that I don't have to be that, that fearful no more when it comes to that because it's, it's ran its course. It did what it's need, it needed to do for, in order for me to survive. Now, I'm still driven by fear, but now I feel like I'm in a you know different transition in my life. And I'm trying to, especially like on the other side of sport that I'm trying to, you know, you know, figure out and um, you know, uh, and understand. And so for me it's it's you know, sport, because I that's all I've I've known. That's all I've done, that's all I've dedicated my whole life to was trying to be the best that I could be. So everything I learned in sport. And what drove me now it's different when I'm I'm trying to mix on the other side of, of life, you know, and it's now it's more of, you know, I've done a lot of things for, you know, for me. And now it's just a deeper meaning of, you know, you know, especially my passion and, you know, people who, okay, how can I make a difference on this other side, you know, sport and the demographics that I can reach now who now on this other side of, life how can I still do the same you know even if I you know, still playing rugby or not now it's you know it's going to come to an end where I'm not going to play anymore you know yeah so yeah I was just finding that okay the same discipline the same drive um the same fear that drove me to be you know to try to be the best I can in rugby how can I do this on this side now mm. and yeah that side is always a puzzle man Oof, and a lot of athletes struggle on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, I I feel like most athletes I talk to think they're going to do that sport their whole life, where it's like you are already having the mindset that, like, you know this isn't forever, and so you are already doing that hard work of thinking, who is Carlin after rugby? Yeah, yep, that's crucial. And I and I want to ask, you know, Carmel this, um, because 
especially on athletes, professional athletes, and you're trying to make it. Cameron, what drove you? And what steered you to your different outcomes or different journeys? Like, what was your mindset? Because not everybody, a lot of people, you know, have a dream. And what is that dream? If it's not working out, what's the other dream? Mm. You know, and then if it's not, if it's not that dream, how can I be fulfilled? What is my fulfillment? What am I reaching? What am I getting after that's going to make me, regardless of what this may happen or what outcome this may or may not be, what, what's my, what's my other pinpoint, you know? So I want to hear about, because we've kind of have similar backgrounds um, and you've been in the system, you know, Mm. you've been, you've been in the rut, you've been in a, you know, you was in foster care, right? Mm -mm. You weren't. No, but I, I did grow up not with my parents. I grew up with my grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of tossed around. Yeah. You've been on a professional level and you've seen what that's like. Um, what was your drive and your motivation and what steered you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I would say a lot growing up, there was many moments in my life that I could not control. Like um, I can remember vividly, we were at maybe, maybe my mom's boyfriend's house at the time and they got in a fight and then we were walking on the side of the street late at night. And I was like, I don't ever want to do this. Or another time where I was living with my uh, biological grandma and we were living in a motel. And I was like, I don't ever want to be in this position again. And then I was just getting tossed around. I went with my grand, my grandfather then. And then it was just like, man, I just feel like nobody wants me at this time. And even in college, I had some experiences that, I was like, man, if I, whenever I can get a chance to control the trajectory of my life, I'm going to do that. So yeah. when I when I went to college, that's what I love about track. And that's probably what you love about track, too, is because you don't have to worry about anybody else because it's like as much effort, as much training, as much discipline I put in. That's what I'm going to get out of this. And it sounds very selfish when I say it out loud, but when I think about like where I was in my mindset, it was just like, my life was so out of control back then that I just want to control anything I can right now. Um, that's actually probably how I met Tony, um, him, him and our friend group. I started hanging out with my friends who had stability at their house just because it was stability. So when I switched and I, when I was running, when I was running track, I was like, man, this is what I control. I put all my effort in. I get out what I put in. Um, and then I saw that I had an opportunity to do rugby. And then I switched there. And this whole time, uh, maybe between my junior year and of high school and junior year of college, that's when I started my relationship with the Lord, like seriously. And it got to the point where, okay, this isn't about Conroy anymore. This is about glorifying the Lord. So my goal was to always glorify the Lord um, in my athletics. So when I won a medal or made it to the Olympics, my ultimate goal was to make it to the Olympics and to, you know, inspire people to come to know Jesus through my story. Um, yeah. 
And then when that didn't happen, when I didn't get selected in that 2016, um, it, it hurt um, in a lot of ways, but it had me refocus because my it had me go back to my purpose. Like, okay. Your purpose is to spread the news and get people to come to know the Lord. So just because I didn't make it with Olympics or track or track and field or rugby, it's like, okay, let's pivot. Um, so how can I do that now? So I started helping out with youth, you know, now I, I, I lead worship at a church and stuff like that. So it's kind of refueled me. Um, when I, I just had to go back to that, like the main focus and the main purpose. And that's kind of what has kept me going. I would say. I like that. Um, I think, you know, and, and that's key. I mean, I think a lot of people, even athletes, you know, they get deterred when it doesn't happen, you know, and then they lose themselves. You know, a lot of them don't recover, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they, they're lost. And to me, you knew the plan regardless. And that, that the objective of it, no matter what you were doing, you still want to, you know, obtain that objective and try to reach people and to glorify and know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when you don't know your identity and your you people, a lot of people's identity are the sport, you yep. know, yep. and they, yep. lose, they lose themselves, you know, and they look for this validation from the sport or for external mm-hmm. things. And it's powerful that, you know, as strong as you are, regardless of what the outcome was, you kept that going. And I think it's, it's tough, especially for a lot of men um, to kind of see that. And I think it's tough for men in general um, because we, 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 we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I want to, I want to know what was your toughest moment that you had to face and deal with and how'd you get, how'd you mentally get through that? Um, toughest moment. So I've had some recent ones for sure. Yeah. Um, I would say the toughest moment that I had to, you know, get through was after I didn't make the selections, you know, um, what happened was my, I didn't play rugby in high school, but when every time I go back home, I help out with the high school team. So I know the coach and all that stuff. And I guess um, he, they were at CRCs and um, they saw, you know, Friday at CRCs, the head coach of the USA rugby. And he told Friday, told my coach, my high school rugby coach that Conroy lacked. Um, what was the word? I lacked uh, perseverance. And he just needed to endure some perseverance. Like, and, and when I heard that, I was just like, interesting because my whole (laughs) life right i was persevering through whatever so that was like a slap in the face and it just determined me to like um kind of center myself so after i after that happened i was i had no contract i was living in california which is not cheap and i was in in the red so i was like (laughs) all right well i gotta give myself two weeks so i was just couch surfing here in San Diego. And then eventually, you know, I got a job. Um, that job led to another job. Then I started uh, helping out at the church and all these things. And to me, it was like, wow, I am at the lowest of lows. And after I put 
all my eggs, all of my eggs in this one basket. And then the bottom was cut out. It was like, okay, now what are you going to do? And that was probably the hardest thing in my life thus far. I would say most recently, the hardest thing for me was um, I had some family things happen um, with, with some mental health issues with, with my family. And I, I, we're still going through that, but that has been the hardest thing for me because as men, we want to, we want to be the saviors. We want to be the Superman and I couldn't do anything. So that has, that has been hard because it's like, I can't physically do anything. And I had to just come to the conclusion that, you know, prayer is, is, is an amazing thing, but also like support and talking to people. And Tony and I are big on, on therapy and, you know, we, we both gone to therapy and therapy has, got me to where I'm at now. Um, so I would say those are the, those are the biggest things that kind of have, has like driven me to get to where I'm at. Um, I did want to flip the question on you, but what, what, what was your biggest adversity that you experienced in your life that has, you know, driven you or got you to where you're at? Um, I think one of the main contributors was when I was at home and my fear of being a nobody was coming true. I was working for my parents. This is probably what, 20, was I maybe 20? 18, nah, 20, maybe 1920, um, maybe 20, I believe. And no, maybe I was 19. 19 or 20, 19. And I was, wasn't playing no sports. You know, I was trying to make it on the professional level in track and field, training myself, going here, going there, and I'm in Ohio. So working in the gym, you know, training people, you know, athletes, speed stuff. But I was not using my gift. And I knew my plan and my path was bigger than, you know, was. I saw I was still there, even though looking at it, I wasn't doing anything, but I knew that something was special was supposed to happen to me. I knew my path was bigger than what it was. And I kept, I kept tackling away and it was, it was tough. And I say it was tough because I remember I was crying in the shower. I'm like, man, God, everything that I told myself I wouldn't be, I'm, I'm doing it. Like I'm not, even though I'm not like doing drugs, or I'm not living my dream. I know, but I'm trying it. I'm fighting it. I kept a dream alive. And my thing was, I kept a dream alive when outside looking in, it seemed like there was no way it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I kept fighting. I kept climbing. And I think me climbing and not deterring myself based off of my circumstances, I kept it alive because I knew what God had for me. It was in my soul. It was in my heart so bad mm-hmm. that it kept me, it lingered me. Mm-hmm. You, you, it was like a halo. Mm-hmm. It just kept, it was so, I was so in tune with it. And yeah. I, I, it just kept me going. And it didn't matter what was happening and how, how frustrated, deterred I was, how I was going here and going there. I knew God has something for me and I stuck it out. And when I did, my life 
change like that. And I remember I was tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I was tired of this, tired of that for a long time. And my faith and that one faith and being tuned changed my life forever, though. Mm. And that's when I knew, like, it's crazy to think about it. To be honest, it's crazy <laughs> to think about it. Yeah. 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 So crazy because people in my position at that time or anybody, they just, they would give up. They would fold. They would get a regular job. They would, they, it just, it just, you, it's not happening. Yeah. But I made something, yeah. you know? So to see it, to see something and run with it, uh, I think that was, because I was, I was down, boy. Mm. <laughs> I was down and I had to be, I think that the toughest thing, I've always spent a, a lot of time by myself to know who I am, to hear God's voice, to be in tune with self and under, and know how to communicate and what emotions mean and get the emotional message and not indulge in emotion, but understand what it means. Mm-hmm. I think I, for me, the greatest thing is not what I've accomplished, but what I did with my mind. Mm. That is the greatest wow. thing, accomplishment I've ever, ever could imagine is what I did with my mind. It's not what I've accomplished, but what I did with my mind. Because that mind is it's the weakest part of the body, you know, and you got to fight that alone because the devil can, he know how to get you. Yeah. Come so, on. <laughs> so what I did with that and how I molded my mind to be was probably the greatest weapon and tool that allowed me to, to con- continue to, to excel and do things and hearing God's voice. Yeah. So I I want to know how, how did you how did you come to have the faith that you have? Because the faith that I'm hearing you talk about doesn't come easily. Yeah. So when did you encounter Jesus and how have you developed such a tenacious faith? When I first, I remember I was, um, my sister and I were about to get adopted. We're in the foster care system. It was a bad foster care system. We're running away from home and um, getting in fights, eating dog food. And, and and I remember I prayed. I said, God, please get me out of here. And I didn't know much about God at the time, but I knew there was one. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, what, seven years old? Two weeks later, he answered my prayer and got me out of there. And that's when I knew that that God was real. And he heard me. And from that point on, you know, of course, my adopted parents, you know, grows me and I'm at, um raised me in a church and I remember when I didn't get a D1 off well because of my I mean I didn't get a high GPA to match my ACT score I was I'm trying to go D1 that's all I knew D1 D1 I ain't going nowhere else but D1 and I end up going D2 and I cried I cried I remember I cried I cried and I and I remember God was saying it's not about what you want Mm. but it's I know better for you than you know for yourself yeah, yeah. We always, you know, this is what I, 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 I want, but God showed me otherwise. And I remember I said, you know what? I'm gonna look at this in a different perspective, but also I know God, you know, better for me than I know for myself. And when I put things in God's hands and I didn't worry, He made magic out of it, just like He did with rugby. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's good. So. Talk to us more about your experience in the foster care system. 
Yeah. So when I got taken away from my mother at like five, my twin and I did, you know, I remember we was outside and a bunch of cops come and they stormed, stormed the place. You know, they put my mother in the back of a paddy wagon. They put my twin and I in the back of a police car. And I remember I jumped out and I said, wait, wait, let me give this to my mommy. And I gave her a flower. And that was the last time I saw her. And so we went to our first foster care system, you know, foster her home and, you know, they made me stand there and they uh, put a metal belt and they whipped it at my face. Second home, they made my twin and I fight. Third home, um, I ran away from home all the time. You know, I had to fight to protect my twin and I. They made us eat dog food. It was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't something that kid shouldn't have experienced, we experienced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even before that, you know, we was, you know, slept cars. We was in a homeless shelter, my twin and I. Um we 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 went through it as 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 young kids, and um, that that then you know that can shape a lot of what people do for the rest of their life and habits and insecurities and a lot of things. And I don't know how in the grace of God I am the way I am today, because and I guess I got a, also a strong subconscious mind that protects me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found a way. I found a way to to be able to cope and deal with the things that. Yeah. I, you know. yeah. And I hear you talk about the mind. And for those who are listening, like when he's saying that his greatest, you know, gift and you know lesson this far was how he trained his mind. Like I've seen it. I've seen it athletically. But even hearing your story, you know, going from the foster care system to just where you are today, I, I've lived similar, very similar experiences. So I know like we had to consciously train our mind and I don't know about you, but there was a point in when I was in high school where it was like, I had, I I came to a crossroad. It was like, go down this path with my cousins or go down this unknown path. And I went down this unknown path, but I knew this is where God was. But over here, I look back and all my cousins have multiple kids, have been in and out of jail, all these things. Um, but that mindset thing that you're, you're speaking of is so. I just want people to know that you're not you're not you're not just talking out the side of your mouth with that, because yeah. that is that is for real. And I've seen your growth just from when I first came in the system back in 20, you know, 15 to just hearing you talk now, it's like, you're, you're not even the same person then. So I, I, I commend you on that. Well, and it's also obvious that you've had to change your mind to be able to be where you're at and no trauma. Like, your body knows trauma, mm-hmm. like, period. And so to be able to still have the mindset that you have and to be where you're at, you've done the hard work of processing through your trauma and training your brain to not allow your circumstances to define where you're going to go. Yep. And, that, and, and that's key. And I think a lot of people miss that um, in their life. You know, you got people now who still, you know, don't realize and understand um, how to train that mind, how to change your state of mind. 
and you can do it every day. You know, you got to train it. It doesn't just happen, but yep. you got to be so in tune with self and, and use those principles and those mindsets when the things that we endure on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. You train it, it's just like anything. You you be able to quickly adjust your mind um, and your emotion because we're driven by emotion, yep. you know? And understanding the human needs, you know, our needs and along with a lot of other things, the more you know, that's why wisdom is so powerful, mm-hmm. so powerful. And I seek it on a day-to-day basis because I know where I want to be as a man. Yeah. You know, nobody's perfect, but I'm so driven by trying to be the best that I can be as, as a man because I know the value of it and how, how important it is in the long run and how mm. on a day-to-day living, it's, it's, <clears throat> it'll keep you afloat. It'll keep mm-hmm. you looking good. It'll keep you healthy. You know, and yeah. a lot of people, well, if they don't have that, man, they look old as crap. They're struggling. They look, they're unhappy, bro. They age 10 times. With, and it's it's fruitful. So my thing is how the same is it's the, the more I know, the, the more wisdom I'm able to apply and practice and, and gain. I am I am basically adding life mm. to myself. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's and good. um black don't crack. Just to, just right. to, you ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um I did wanna, you know, you, you talked a lot about wisdom. You talked about a lot about being the man and you know working through those things you are today. Um, because t- to be honest, there are 30-year-old children, there are 40-year-old children who still have not dealt with the younger. Yes. man that they the traumas that they dealt with when they were six when they were 10 when they were 18 you know what i mean and yeah. not saying that you know any one of us are the standard but there's things that yeah. we put the work in to get through um yes. but you're a father now you're a father of two i believe yes, sir. um what does fatherhood like what does that mean to you and then also what does that look like based on like your whole life experience and how you want to um, be a father to them. Yeah. It's, um, it, you know, it's a blessing, you know, it's a, it's a lot that come with it. Um, and I think for me, yeah. I'm always trying to understand how I look at other fathers, you know, and I say, okay, these are, you know, how can I, you know, instill these great vibes into my kids and how I want them to be. Um, and, you know, it's trial and error with anything and you're not always going to get it right. But it's just it's a consistent effort of of doing, you know, it's it's you know, people do things when they feel like it. And that's as a as a father, you can't do things when you feel like you got to do regardless of how you feel, you know, and it's it's important because it's easy, you know, to to not take ownership. But I knew that, you know, I do. I want to be a good father and a great father to my kids. And I want them to feel loved. And I want them to, to know that they don't have to go to outside sources to feel that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give that to them. Yeah, so they go out into the world and they meet people that they're not seeking that validation from somebody, a man or a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think it's, and for me, I, I want them to understand principles and the values and how important it is in life. And, you know, and, and fighting and being uncomfortable um, with situations, 
but also taking the time to really understand who they are as a kid. Because you can kind of see how they are now and their, their, their strengths and their weaknesses and how that later on in life, this is how they could be as an adult. But, you know, trying to alter their 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 state of what they're in and instilling new vibes and principles and really honing in on those little weaknesses that they know they can get better. Because one of my son, he's he's different than my daughter. My daughter's smart. She's driven. She's very sensitive. They're both sensitive. She worries about what people think. She wants to feel liked, loved. And she's a beautiful girl. But I know that her heart is so gentle that if not taken care of by the right people, that it, she can easily get stepped on and broken. So now it's about understanding, okay, this is how she is as a child. And I know that if I don't mold her to understand these things, that later on in life is going to be detrimental because she's going to learn it later. I don't want her to learn it later when there's a bunch of mistakes happening. So mm. teach her now as much as I can. My son, driven, will, will very confident, will say anything, um, not afraid little anger issues and could be a little lazy. Yeah. You know? And so now it's about teaching him how to be a man and how to do it goes, how you feel. And my daughter, very smart, very driven. She can do anything. She can do anything. My son, I know he what he's going to be gifted in. He's going to be an athlete. They're both going to be athletes. But his work ethic is what I'm going to have to work at because he wants things easy. Nah, I doubt it. I want to go and push the buttons. And so... It's it's hard, you know, and it's in and, and it's a day-to-day um understanding and a day-to-day mess ups and day-to-day trials and errors and getting it right, but just staying on it, staying mm-hmm. on it and not giving up. But yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of work, you know, it's not easy. Oh yeah. Definitely not no. easy. Um, but with anything, um, once it starts to come together and they start getting older, it's it's rewarding, you know, and, you know, as they grow and become different individuals and you're dealing with different type of attitudes and X, Y, and Z, and you just want to stay. I think the biggest thing is staying on top of what values and principles you really want them to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing because it's so much as can happen. You got a lot going on, especially in your life. And it's easy to slip into just letting them be what they want to be, you know, just kind of let it play out, play out. But like LeVar Ball, you know how he was adamant on his kids day in, day out, yeah. like teaching them life lessons, pushing them, pushing them. Yeah. That is the biggest, like, that's one thing I want to continue to try to stay on top because I don't always get that right, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm out like, oh, But those things are, it's important because I want them to be the type of, I want them to be a good human beings and I want yeah. them to feel them good. Yeah. You know, and try to be that example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, I asked that question because Tony, Tony's also a father and yeah. I'm not, I'm okay. not yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just love hearing because I didn't grow up with the best dad, you know, who was in the picture. None of us, I would say, <laughs> you know, so it, I, I try to get all the advice and wisdom um, that I can, especially from, from both of you guys. And it's cool to see, to see it. Cause I, I saw when you only had one first Carlin and then the other one came 
And then yeah. I knew Tony before he had the baby, and now uh, yeah. how how old is he? He's two. Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. So it's good. It's good to yeah. It's it's really awesome to hear you talk about how you are trying to be in tune with both of your children in different ways because you don't hear men trying to do that well with their children and like just by hearing you talk about your kids in that light I know you're going to be an amazing dad and you already have been so way to go thank you man thank you Tony likewise man appreciate that yeah we gotta we got i think it i think it's important to talk about that as black men because we have so many examples you look on tv look on movies in all on our lives of black men not being there for their their children and the fact that you both are stepping in and stepping up um hats off to you guys just want to give you guys your flowers because like you said it's not easy it is a learning experience and I'm learning and I want you guys to know that like yes you're learning on the go but like every every step that you're taking you're making it easier for somebody else who's watching so just keep that in mind because there are people who who are watching like me I'm watching I'm letting y'all know I'm watching (laughs) yeah so I'm gonna ask questions (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just you know cheer you guys on and help along the side the way so hats off to you yeah How old are your kids, Carlin? They are five and seven, about to be six and eight. October, November. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Man, you got a little two-year-old man in the terrible twos. I don't know if yours is terrible, but boy. Oh, no. It's fun. See, see, it's not, it's challenging for sure, but it's not terrible. I love the twos, man. Yeah, man. I'm gonna still wait for him to get out of it. <laughs> he's, a sweet, uh, he's, he's a sweet, he's a sweet boy, but man. He, um, yeah, it's and I, and I, and you know what? The biggest thing, um, um, a, a, a son needs his father so bad. They need yes. stern yes. boys because they will walk over their moms like no other. And yep. I realized how important a father is, especially dealing with my son, how crucial it is, even for my daughter as well, how crucial a man, the value of a man present in their kid's life. Yeah. Because if I wasn't present, oh my God, it would be, I see why a lot of kids kind of go off the sideways, man, because they need that male dominance. They do. Yeah. 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 Let me let me ask you guys both this. Um, who was that male dominance for you? Because for me, it wasn't my dad necessarily. It was my grandfather. So when I ended up moving in with my my grandparents, my grandfather was military, but like not like Marines. Like he was military. The fact that he taught me structure, he taught me consistency. He taught me how to treat my sisters, how to treat my my mom, my grandma. Like, and then I had, and then I could name specifically coach after coach after coach that came into my life for seasons at a time that like re re like put me back on on that straight and narrow so uh my question for both you guys who 
who was that male figure that kind of straightened you up a little bit? I think for me, it was my adoptive dad, but also my mom too. <laughs> my mom was really a businesswoman and they both was hard on me because they knew that life wasn't going to be easy. And they knew that I had to watch what I, you know, I had to watch what I did because one mistake could cost me. So they taught me a lot um, about, you know, being a man um, and the principles of that. So kudos to them because if, if not, man, it would have, man, who knows? Yeah. Um, for me, my mom was definitely, uh, definitely played the role of mom and dad. And I didn't really have a father figure until I got to college and my mentor, Phil, uh, has become a father figure to me. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we have some strong feet. I, I know... I know both of you guys' story, right? And I know we have some strong females in our lives that, like, just stepped up. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that was just like, you know, I know my grandma, my mom, my sisters. I know some strong females. And I know yeah. Tony's mom. And Yeah. My <laughs> grandma. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, what sucks. You know, I love my dad. My parents divorced in 2011. He kind of just fell off, you know. And from that point, probably about point on to 2011, when I was like 21, it was me trying to figure out how to be a man. And that was tough because, you know, I was, you know, I'm away from home and I'm trying to figure out how, how to be, you know, even in relationships. I wasn't always the best. And it sucks because I wish I had you know, sometimes a, a male to be able to say or vent to or come to or steer me and, and mold me a little bit. And and so I had to become like real close, but also like trying to understand who I am and how I'm supposed to be. Because yeah. I didn't know, you know? And, you know, have being a father and, and, and having people like good people that's going to not tell you what you want to hear, but mold you is, is very key. And I think God will put people in your life too. And, you know, have kind of quote unquote that father figure or those good mentors. Sometimes you can, you know, lead in the ministry or, or people, or whoever it may be, and they can answer that and, 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 and be that for you. But it sucks, man, when you feel you don't have that, you know, yeah, that guidance. Yeah. You just trying to be on your own. You don't know no better. You know, what you don't know is just like, yep. You're out here looking around with trying to figure out which way to go. And you just got to walk and, you know, you don't want to make mistakes where there's a big consequences to it. So it's just like, I don't want to make mistakes where I got to learn the hard way. So, you know, it's, it's easier sometimes. It's better when somebody can give you that wisdom, that knowledge and say, hey, look, you don't get this right or X, Y, and Z. These, this is what can happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, so important. Yeah, so uh, let's uh, transition to our next segment that well, we, we love to call. Before we do so, I got I to gotta ask one question, oh, Tony, yeah. that, that the people okay. want to know. The people want to know 
What does the future look like for you athletically? For me, athletically? Yeah, people want to know. <laughs> what you mean, athletically? What way? Like, what's <laughs> what's what's going on with rugby, track? Like, what, what does the future look like for you? So the future looks like for me at this moment, no idea. I think at this moment, you know, I want to do a third. Uh, my plan was to do a third Olympics. I didn't track or rugby. My drive. And, you know, I think at this moment in point, I am focused on, you know, I decided to take a break and I'm focused on the other side of sport and the things that I'm passionate about and want to do. And I'm going to hit that head on. And mm. I started, well, I did started that process in what, March of this year. In March, I said, you know what, coach, I need some time away. I need to I need to figure out this other side. I need to do some things that I haven't been able to do these past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to come to an end, whether it's this year or after the next Olympics, but I have this window that I need to attack. And I went all in. Yeah. You know, finished my degree, decided to, you know, venture out on other jobs and other things. And I'm like, dog, I'm I'm gonna do this because I'm not gonna be 34 and who knows how long that's going to take for me to find things out. And I don't want to be like, I don't, I've seen athletes make those mistakes and scared to transition and scared to do things because the sport, their identities in a sport, they're worried about people calling their names. Whatever happened to this person, you know, your people cheering your names and you don't have those things no more. And a lot of people feel lost mm-hmm. or because or they gravitated because they want, they feel significant when they play a sport. You know, but I know who I am. I didn't do things because I, I, I wanted to feel the praise of the world. I did things because for me, God, that's it. Yeah. So however I wanted to move, I could move gladly because I'm not, I'm not dealing with a push and pull. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's where, I, that's where I'm at at the moment. So I'm still at an age where I, you know, I can, you know, you know, I can if I want to keep going, I can go. And if I don't, I don't, I don't have to. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Everything I wanted to do in this sport, I've done everything, and I have nothing to prove to myself anymore. You know, yeah, that's good. Wow, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, millions and millions yeah. of people wanted to know that, Tony. That's why I had to, you know. Hey, no worries, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still, hey, I'm still really? trying to figure out myself. <laughs> <laughs> we all are to be honest <laughs> yeah. oh man uh, but this next segment um the segment of all segments we like to call rapid fire all right so what we're gonna do is ask you three questions yep. first thing that comes to mind don't pass go don't collect two hundred dollars just <laughs> don't phone a friend um so first question is would you rather be the Flash or Superman? Flash. You know, the reason why I asked that is because they're both fast, technically. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> flash. Okay. I'm going to be the Flash. Okay. Oh, man, that's funny. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? 
Yeah, I was gonna say fast, but I guess being invincible. <laughs> I guess being invincible. invincible. No, or reading people's mind. No, being invincible. I'll be invincible. Okay, why? I can go and go into banks and take money. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that that this is rapid fire. This is rapid fire. I love it. I love it. Oh, wrong done cut. Oh my goodness! Wow. Oh, okay. Um, last question is: Who is your idol? Um, myself. I say myself. And why? Why do you say yourself? Okay, my, huh? Why do you say yourself? Because I've always went to myself for answers and mm. things that I endured and I that I conquered. Um, I had to be, and I never sit back and be like pat myself on the back. But when you, when I step out, I'll be like, dang, I really accomplished a lot. What else with my life? Like, that's that's somebody that you have to that I will idolize and, and be like, dang, he did that, you know, mm. his circumstance and mm. how he conquered and how he accomplished everything that he wanted plus more in his life. I value myself because I, 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 I went internal for everything besides God for everything to for me I, I fought and I, I kept climbing and I kept climbing regardless of what was thrown at me and I idolized that mm. that's a value and a principle that like dang I did me so why not yeah. you know why yeah. not be that you know wow yeah man, yeah. man. good well, thank you so much for hopping on our podcast, authentically us. Yeah, man. Um, this was this was a blessing. You know, good to hear your story, and obviously, a lot of people around the world know your story. Um, but I'm I'm glad we share a lot of it. You know, and yeah, and to to hear where you're at and to see you as a father now is 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 really cool to watch. Um, so again, yeah, we're thankful for you. Um, but where can people can people find you? What do you got coming up next? You got a book or something? Like what's what's going on? I know you I know you just graduate. You got you got your degree and stuff, so you out here. <laughs> I'm out here, baby. Um <laughs> so yeah, so um I'm about to start this job. Um it's a it's a Casa Court, um court appointed specialist advocacy for children who've been abused and neglected, and I'll be a child advocacy specialist. Um, and I basically supervise 20 to 30 volunteers who make in, in, informed and independent decisions um, in court for the children. So we represent the children. And so I'm starting that journey, um, you know, inspiring and motivating them. And so these kids can be, get the best, um, be in a home in the best situation as possible. And um, that's something I'm, I'm passionate about and I'm and, and, um, happy. Mm. And yeah. And I'm, I'm 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 about to start that journey on the sixth, and yeah, you know, and I you know I still got rugby. I'm still 32. I'm 32, kind of the oldest, youngest in the sport. But if I want to continue to do that, I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna keep working out and X, Y, and Z. But I got good options, so I'm, I'm gonna tackle this 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 um, new job and this new journey. Um, yeah, and then run with it. Man, and if y'all can see the the smile on his face as he talks about this, it's it's truly genuine. So yeah, there's so much joy right yeah. now. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, because you do have options, so that's good. 
Um, well, thank you, Carlin, so much for hopping on our podcast. Um, we are thankful. We're thankful that we get to hear your story and the world gets to hear your story. Um, but until next time, hey, y'all, be authentic in everything that you do. Peace. Peace. Wow, that that was a solid episode, man. Yeah, I mean, Colin, Colin's my guy, and just to hear his story that we share so many similar things, like him pretty much being the reason why I I stepped into rugby, and you know, to hear him pivoting has been has been pretty cool. Yeah, I, the one thing that just blows my mind that he did so well. He he knew how he like knows how to be confident, but not be cocky. Mm. Like, and I think specifically for uh, the third question of rapid fire, who's your idol? He just he said myself, but then he talked about like being able to sit back and just be so proud of where he's come from that takes his skill to be able to do without without being cocky yeah that's true arrogant uh so it it was really dope to see yeah yeah yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ex- I'm excited that you know we've been we've been doing a podcast for a minute now, Tony. So, hats off to you. Congrats, first of all, that we you know we stuck in this thing. Um, but you know what time it is? It's the time of all times. It is the friendship quiz. Is it your question or is it my question? Because I have millions of questions. Uh it's my question, and this is this is easy. I'm gonna give you an easy one because you need to get something right. Let's go. All right. What is my middle name? Hold on, hold on. Why am I second guessing? <laughs> Why am I second guessing myself right now, Tony? <laughs> Why am I second guessing myself? Bruh. I know what it is, Bruh. but is it that? Bruh. Do you do you know what it is? Antonio? Ah! I don't want to say it. Hold on, let me think. I want to uh, say Dwayne. There you go. <laughs> okay. You got it. I was like, it's Dwayne. I was like, wait, is it Dwayne? <laughs> Oh man, that was that was great. I'm about to start calling you Tony the Rock Morton. <laughs> Forget the we're missing a word. Tony the Rock Morton. Love well, that. you know it. Go ahead and speak that into existence because if that means I get his body, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, hey, thank you again for tuning in to Authentically Us. <laughs> Um, hey, continue to be authentic in everything that you do and continue to rock with us because we got some fire episodes on the way. Until next time, be authentic in everything that you do. Peace out. Peace.